No collusion. No collusion. No collusion. And I say it all the time. Uh, there was no collusion. No collusion. That phrase, often typed in all caps, has appeared in countless tweets from the President of the United States. President Trump insists that there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia in the lead-up to the 2016 election. And yet, Trump took his argument further this week when he tweeted something a little different. But today, he changed tunes entirely, saying on Twitter... Collusion is not a crime, but that doesn't matter because there was no collusion. That tweet repeated an argument Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, had made the day before during an interview with CNN. They're not going to be colluding about Russians, (laughs) which I'm not even know if that's a crime, colluding about Russians. And in the days that followed, Trump and his lawyers ramped up attacks against special prosecutor Robert Mueller's investigation. This is Can He Do That, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. I'm your host, Allison Michaels, and I am back. Now, a lot of news has happened while I was gone, so a big thanks to Martine Powers for steering this podcast through it all. But amid all the news developments is this one story that's remained in the headlines, Robert Mueller's investigation into whether the Trump campaign coordinated with Russia to influence the 2016 election. And Trump's tweets and statements attempting to discredit it are a big part of that story. Now, this week's tweets tried a new line of argument. That argument was collusion is not a crime. And so in this episode, we're going to examine that word, collusion. What exactly does it mean? It turns out the answers are complicated, and to get there, we have to go back in time, to about two years ago. There was a Russian father and son team who reached out to one of their London friends. That London friend, Rob Goldstone, was sort of a music promoter. They reached out to him because they knew he knew Donald Trump Jr., They all knew each other from a previous trip to Moscow. Carol Lennig is a Pulitzer Prize-winning national security reporter at The Washington Post. She's describing the circumstances that led to a 2016 meeting at Trump Tower. And they said to Rob, can you send Don Jr. an email and ask him to do this meeting? And to promise, essentially, that that there's going to be some dirt on Hillary Clinton. And... Don Jr. gets this message and basically he's like on his way out the door and he says, you know, if it's what you say, great. I love it. Do we know what the president knew about that meeting? Of course, now it's being reported that Michael Cohen is willing to testify that President Trump knew. Do do we know whether or not President Trump knew? We do not know if President Trump knew about this ahead of time. Our reporting at The Post has been that uh, people close to Michael Cohen say that he is a firsthand witness to Don Trump Jr. alerting his father about the upcoming meeting, not alerting him that there was uh, a Russian effort to help the campaigner for presidency, but that there was an offer of dirt on Hillary Clinton. And do we know if there was dirt obtained from that meeting? We don't. We're talking about this meeting now, almost two years later, in the context of collusion, because it was among the first moments that the public saw evidence of any sort of interaction between Russia and the Donald Trump campaign. So I think the Trump Tower meeting is interesting because it's the first time you see a member of the Trump family participating in a meeting with a Russian who's allegedly offering dirt. And that is the significance. There were multiple efforts before this period by Russians to 
um, reach out to, brush up against, make friends with um, relatively modest or, or small players in the Trump campaign long before this meeting. George Papadopoulos, Carter Page, folks who were um, a, a apparently viewed as easy marks by Russians. Okay, but it is among one of the many things that fall under this umbrella of collusion, as the Trump team refers to it. So where did this word come from? Why does the Trump team use collusion for this whole umbrella? Collusion is a wonderful Scrabble word, um, and it's a very uh, powerful one that, you know, it's lovely to use, 50-cent word, but uh, it is not in anywhere to be found in the criminal code. It's hard to define collusion because everybody seems to be assigning it a different meaning in 2018. That's Jacob Frankel. He's worked as a prosecutor and an independent counsel. He explains how this word collusion fits or doesn't so much fit into federal law. Collusion is really a concept that exists not in U.S. criminal law, but has a connotation in U.S. antitrust law which is an agreement between two parties or two or more parties to act for an improper purpose. The difference between improper purpose and illegal purpose with intent is really the difference between what constitutes collusion and what constitutes a criminal conspiracy. When we're talking about the Mueller investigation, we're specifically talking about conspiracy, right? There is no formal collusion investigation. There is no criminal. There cannot be a criminal investigation of collusion. I think what really is happening here is the word collusion is being used to create this big umbrella Mm -hmm. of acting to further a purpose that is one of various different U.S. federal criminal statutes. But the Mueller investigation itself, there cannot be a prosecution for collusion because it does not exist in the criminal statutes. But what does exist in the criminal statutes, as you've explained, is conspiracy. So how do we define that? And we define conspiracy, in fact, as an agreement between two persons. They're acting intentionally to commit a federal criminal offense, or if this were under state law, state offense, Um, And one possibility is an offense against the United States. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the concepts are very similar, but in terms of criminal charges, they're very different. That's one piece of the Mueller investigation, but there's other parts, obviously, to the Mueller investigation. Election fraud, hacking. Can those things be part of something called collusion? Well, yeah, yes, yes, in a conceptual sense, mm-hmm. but in terms of a potential criminal charge, no. Mm-hmm. But you could have a conspiracy to commit a federal election offense. You can have a criminal conspiracy to commit a computer crime. You could have a conspiracy to defraud the United States. You could have a federal criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States by failing to pay taxes. So all of these concepts can certainly fall within the area of criminal conspiracy. But if you shift the word into collusion, then technically you're actually shifting it out of it being a federal criminal offense under investigation. If you conspire to commit a crime, but you never actually commit the crime, is it still a crime to have conspired? Great question, because the answer is yes, it is a conspiracy to commit a crime, even if the crime has not actually been 
been completed. On the other hand, the question then is, are you engaged in an attempt? Was there actually an intent to commit a crime? And that's where you really get into all of these legal concepts that become subject to interpretation. And I think probably the most important concept, particularly with the current configuration of the United States Supreme Court, is that ambiguous terms, terms that have no clear meaning under the statute, are supposed to be interpreted in favor of the person who is accused. So when you talk, for example, about the possible campaign contribution by a foreign official, we often think in terms of monetary terms. But then one of the elements of that statute includes something or a thing of value. Well, what is a thing of value? That has not really been interpreted at all, or at least meaningfully, under the federal election statute that we're talking about. So the question is, how would that come to be interpreted, if at all? under federal criminal law relating to foreign persons giving contributions in a U.S. campaign. Let's also be intellectually honest, and that is those who disfavor Donald Trump and his organization and election see a criminal act under every stone. On the other Mm -hmm. hand, those who are pro-Donald Trump, you know, view this as a however Donald Trump chooses to characterize it on a given day. Ultimately, what pro- criminal prosecutors are supposed to do is set aside all of the political interests that may favor interpreting evidence in a particular way and instead focusing entirely on is there an underlying criminal statute that has been violated? And if it appears there is, was there criminal intent to violate the statute. The Trump camp's new messaging around collusion has emerged in a particularly busy week for Trump and the Mueller investigation. The trial of Trump's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, began this week, and the charges against him do come out of the Mueller investigation, but Manafort is charged specifically with financial and other crimes that predate the 2016 election. The president has been watching television a lot Mm -hmm. and watching the Chirons all day long and all morning long and all night long about the Manafort trial no doubt has riled him up. Our reporters are hearing that from inside the White House. But also happening this week, Mueller is continuing negotiations with Trump's lawyers to land an interview with the president. The special prosecutor might be willing to shorten his list of questions for the president if it means he would get that interview with Trump. Perhaps all of this stress and all of this swirling news explains why Trump and his lawyer are offering new messaging, like collusion is not a crime, at this particular moment in time. Everyone in the White House, from Trump on down, to his most junior aides, to his lawyers, everyone is on pins and needles waiting for Robert Mueller's report. As we have reported at The Washington Post, Robert Mueller's team is expected to deliver a report about what evidence he's gathered about the president's actions, both um, when he was a candidate for presidency and when he was uh, actually elected. As you are preparing and bearing down for that report, you can imagine the president is really curious and wondering, what's the worst thing that's going to come at me? And to to make the point that collusion is not a crime is yet another one of the many defenses the Trump team has surfaced. 
And based on your reporting, do you think that this is an attempt to sort of put more misinformation out there to kind of sow seeds of doubt among the public? Hey, the the whole strategy of the Trump legal team has been to sow seeds of doubt, to discredit this investigation. Rudy Giuliani has told me point blank that he does not view his um, job to speak to a jury in a in a courtroom, he views his job as speaking to the American public about how unfair this entire investigation is. And the president, um, you know, is the best amplifier uh, for that message. So will all of that lead to almost a rejection of the findings of the Mueller investigation by the public? Is that a possibility? I have to say that the president and his attorneys have been successful, if you look at the polls, in raising doubts and concerns about both the length of the probe um, the silence that you know that we're not that we're getting from the investigation—that is the normal way an investigation works. Right. But people are dying to know what's happening, and it takes so long, and they're thinking it's dragging on. They've been very successful in persuading a um, a group of uh, the American public that this is unfair and it's a terrible cloud and it's dragging on too long. The strategy of Trump's legal team to sow doubt in the investigation, in part by using this phrase, collusion, may be effective with the public. But can it be effective in a court of law? Here's where we stand. Trump and his lawyers say that collusion is not a crime. And technically, they're right. That word itself is not in the federal criminal code. But collusion has evolved into this shorthand term for many of the other potential crimes that Robert Mueller is investigating. Things like conspiracy which would be a crime. Today, we find ourselves in this moment in our country's history where we're awaiting the conclusions of an ongoing investigation into our president, where the president himself is sowing doubt among the public, where the national conversation about the investigation is unceasing. This moment in history is putting pressure on our institutions. So I think all of this rests ultimately with Congress. And I am um, not prejudging what Mueller has found until I see it with my own eyes. But I am remembering and often think of this comment that a Republican senator made around the time that a lot of unpleasant things were being found about Nixon's behavior in the White House, behavior that was criminal. And this senator basically said, I learned then at that moment that this would be the only thing upon which I was judged in history, how I acted with this information in my hand. And there may, it may come to pass that many members of the Senate and the House face that same question. This will be the thing upon which I am judged. How will I handle this piece of evidence? And um, what will be my, my reaction and response? I think what we are seeing now really is unprecedented. And there's the political side and the legal side. On the political side, the question is, is this the new normal? Is this the standard over which the next president, whenever and however that next president comes to sit in the White House, will this be the standard that is applied to the next president whenever? Or is this really just a matter of really pushing the limits of the law. Because you can very easily see a true constitutional crisis 
coming out of this in many forms. But fundamentally, I do think we're seeing issues pushed to the limit. And the question is, is Bob Mueller going to say, I'm willing to take these into the courts? And much as the president has confidence in a conservative Supreme Court, you also have a Supreme Court that cares very much about the rule of law. It's going to be very interesting to see what this court would do if challenged by some of these issues and behavioral issues that give rise to legal issues. As usual, thank you guys so much for listening. You know the drill. Share this wherever you share things. Facebook, Twitter, tell your mom, send an email, do whatever it takes. Leave us a review. We are so grateful to you guys. Keep on listening. Thank you so much. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by the intrepid Carol Alderman, who I am very excited to be reunited with. We have design help from Kat Rudell Brooks, and our logo art is the work of Loren Boglio. Our theme music is composed by Ted Muldoon. 